Welcome back, Literary Slummers, to another Morph Monday episode of Shelf Aware. And now, the end is near, and so we face the final curtain. He did it Jake's way. I'm Anna, and I would have sang more of that song, but I am very much an alto and know my limits. (laughs) We skipped all the part that was hard. (laughs) And I'm M, and I'm also an alto. And we read uh, this week, uh, Animorphs number fifty-three. The answer. The answer. The answer. The answer was fucking murder them all. It was a Jake POV, the final Jake POV. How so dare? Weird. How dare Ka Applegate make us wait fifty-three books to like I this boy? No, I know. <laughs> Finally, the Finally. rise of Dark Jake. Yes. Oh, I love it. So good. It's so good. He embraced his inner Rachel just a little. Marco did call him out, which I was like, shut up, Marco. This is good. This is what we needed all along. Shut the fuck up, Marco. You're too busy shipping your parents or whatever. Be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> so this one was excellent. It fucking, it fucking ends on a cliffhanger. So sorry, guys. It's going to be a month till you hear this ends. Uh, all I mean, I feel like that's fair for you guys. First off, you guys can go look it up on the fucking wiki. That's like, true. you're not constrained by the rules that we are. That's true. Or you can read the book. Read the book for once, you lazy. No, okay, that's <laughs> Don't make uh, us do all the work for you. <laughs> but we are not, like, I'm pretty sure we're not recording the finale of this series for at least a month yeah. for this episode. And we're going to have to sit with this No, you gave me month. free reign to read the last book that's after true. we recorded this episode. <laughs> so I'm You're right. Going I mean, to... I'm going to sit with this for a month. <laughs> you fool. Because I simply cannot read it that far in advance and remember anything that happens mm, mm. when we record. Like, that's not going to work. Also very true. <laughs> oh my god what a cliffhanger what a cliffhanger though guys that's gonna be your cliffhanger to stick around till the end (laughs) yes oh my gosh okay so we get we get so much information in this one we get jake's last Mm -hmm. name we get berenson yes we know we know now we get like ages they started when they're 13 and now they're 16 Mm -hmm. we get relationship drama we get friend drama, parent drama. We get a proposal? A proposal. What? I for fucking forgot about that. Yes. <laughs> we get a proposal, which like, you know, I didn't, whatever. You're 16. I didn't you don't, need that, it's, but it's it, amazing that it's in here. It's, yeah. <laughs> Wild. Um, I think K.A. Applegate did write this one. I think she wrote this one in the last one. So, like, K.A. Applegate came back with the big gun. She was like, was like let's roll out. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I've been writing these Darker Chronicles books. I'm ready to mm-hmm. fuck shit up for my little Vandalites. And she did. Ugh. We're making big boy choices. It's fantastic. Making moves, mm-hmm. making plans, making scheming. deals. Scheming. I love Schemes. it. I will say, too, and I don't know if it's just because she is writing from the lens of an older character but like Mm -hmm. this read so much better than the first few animorphs books did i thought like it's just maybe and maybe again we're further in the series there's more at stake we're invested now yeah yeah this was thrilling and well written (laughs) yeah and i think so too and i think like it definitely um you know shows kind of the it's interesting having read all of these books that came out over the course of years in the course of like what's it been for us like two years yeah um 
and seeing like kind of the writing evolution because I agree I think this one was uh, definitely I mean it's still a middle grade novel for sure yeah. but I do think that like Applegate has improved their writing over the you know the course of this and I mean I believe they were off writing other stuff during the time that the ghostwriters were in charge um, yes not in charge but you know around like it's definitely uh, notable I think to see how much they've kind of honed their craft in the the years that this took i love i love the progress i love seeing it reading it experiencing it living it morphing it Mm. (laughs) snaps thank you (laughs) thank you (laughs) poetry in motion poetry truly (laughs) oh my gosh um this seems too early in the episode to go into the summer now what else can we say Usually we're more like mean yeah. about stuff. This but is a perfect Animorphs book. Like five it's stars. A perfect Animorphs. Just amazing. I feel like we need to reevaluate our recommendations for for the end of the year from our last episode. I do too. I feel uh, bad to have lied to you guys. Because <laughs> it's Animorphs all the it way. It was this one in the LMS Chronicle. <laughs> we're the number one in two books for the Shit. year. <laughs> we were too early. We're too, we're too early. early in our... You know, it's just like that Spotify wrapped, you know, you get in there and you they don't catch the uh, incredibly mm. uh, intense binge of like all of Aerosmith or whatever that you, you catch on to in December, from you know? personal experience? Are you listening to no. a lot of Aerosmith right now? No, no, your no, L- no, Aerosmith no. phase? No, 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 okay. no. It was a weird poll. I didn't... <laughs> I really, on for my Spotify unwrapped, I found like this really awesome band in the last like... Mm. Like right around Halloween, and I was binging. I was like, "Please let them show up on my unwrap, so I look cool." But they didn't. <laughs> it just whenever you try to game the system, it simply doesn't work. It's like they they know they know. Well, Spotify, I think, particularly doesn't want to please me because it knew that K-pop was my number one genre mm-hmm. on Spotify for the year of 2021. But I never get a non-English song on my Discover Weekly. What? Where's the K-pop? Spotify. That seems racist. Just a little bit, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even on my like, for a while, I had like a couple of playlast, pl- uh, playlast, playlists they created that were one was mm-hmm. like male K-pop, the other one was all girl groups. But then like those disappeared. <laughs> I'm like, where's my K-pop? Excuse. Excuse. Yeah, I feel kind of the same way because I feel like no matter what, I'm like, if I'm seeking out stuff, I'll like intentionally try to listen diversely. Mm-hmm. But then it just all somehow becomes sad white queer women, which like <laughs> yes vibes, but hello, you know. we heard you might like Lilith Fair. <laughs> Here it is. They're like, do you want eight songs about uh, how you like to eat women out and also are sad about it? Here you go. Here you like- go. And I mean, like, yes, I do want that. No but- watermelon sugar high here. It's all sad ones. <laughs> Watermelon sugar low. Watermelon sugar uh, sad. <laughs> my, I can't remember what my top two genres were, but I know my third one was indie poptimism, which that, that's nothing. That is, that's just a word completely made up. I had a friend who had vapor soul as one of their genres, which mm-hmm. I thought was the absolutely most metal thing I'd ever heard. I loved it. Is that a friend who I also know? Uh, you've met them, but you don't like. Okay. Not a close friend. Yeah. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, well, my close friend, not your close friend. 
Well, yeah, I understood oh, okay. that. <laughs> I wasn't saying that you're not allowed to have close friends that aren't close, like friends with me. <laughs> I didn't want them to think I was saying they weren't my close friend because they also no, listen to the podcast. Like, not a close friend to me. Yes, that okay. was what I meant. I'm so sorry. Thank you. Thank you for clarifying, everybody. <laughs> I have close friends allowed- that are outside of this we- podcast, yes, and that's okay. We're allowed to have separate friends. But you're not. okay okay i think that that's enough enough time to talk about this book now (laughs) let's get back to the matter at hand this amazing book the (sighs) answer so the book opens up if you guys remember from the last uh, if you guys remember from the last animorphs book we had just blown up a year pool um, I was personally involved. That's why I said we. We just blew up a year pool. <laughs> we all stood by. We were all complicit. <laughs> <laughs> and we are now um, flying as our... <laughs> I can't do that. It's the love, is it? Um, the Animorphs are now flying over the wreckage of the year pool in their uh, Bird of Prey morphs. And they are watching as the Yerks are like destroying the surrounding area so there's like this huge sinkhole in the middle of a suburb of san francisco probably um Mm -hmm. where there used to be a mall and homes and shit and now it's just nothing and the yerks are going around in like a two mile circle like scorching the earth and buildings and everything around there and they're like what the fuck are they doing (laughs) turns out they're making a landing pad for the 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 pool ship the big the big year pool in the sky is coming down to the ground. Big boy. <laughs> Here he comes. Here he comes. Make way. Big boy. Big boy. Sate our hunger. Thank you. <laughs> Feed us, mommy. <laughs> We're recording a little bit later at night than we normally do. It's, it's an energy. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. This is uh, <laughs> shelf-aware after dark. <laughs> The Animorphs have grown up and so have we. We've just grown weird. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there's so much to get through in this book. I know. So so they go back to the Hork-Bajir headquarters and they're like, what do? Let's have have our meeting. And all the parents are like, stay away from the pool ship. Nothing good's going to come from the pool ship. Everybody's going to die if you go after the pool ship. Um. The Animorphs are like, we have to destroy the pool ship. Think of it. That would be such a feather in our cap if we just destroyed the pool ship. What if Visser 1 was on there? Let's just blow it up. Especially Rachel's. Like, let's just blow it up. Um, But then Toby, the Hork-Bajir seer, is like, okay, no, hold on. Let's think about this. What if we did take the pool ship, but, like, to control it? Mm. Deep. So, um... Those kids would have gotten there eventually. Maybe. (laughs) Just one step further than blow up the pool ship. (laughs) So they want to, like, basically use the weapon systems in the pool ship to blow up the rest of, like, the blade ships and stuff. Because there's a lot of, there's still a lot of alien tech out there that could destroy their shit if they didn't have something to fight back with. Um, And they want nothing as good as that big boy. Yeah. (laughs) That big, that big birthy boy. Big, beautiful boy. Yes. (laughs) pool boy <laughs> so truly this is a cursed energy today. <laughs> Truly, for such a good book <laughs> we're not gonna do it justice it's just, so. it's just gonna be us alliterating the word boy <laughs> so this big hour. beautiful pool boy um 
<laughs> they also there's like a bunch of free hork bajir on the on the ship so toby's like let's free them okay obviously jake begins to like he does like this beautiful mind shit where he just like suddenly he's like a plan i see it yes it's all coming together like you know like the gif of of zach alfanakis with the numbers that's mm-hmm. him that's what he's doing right now um so um jake is like okay i need rachel marco tobias axe toby james and eva because that's marco's mom and she used to be this or one or whatever and he like accidentally excludes cassie which is like this whole big drama thing where the whole friend group is like oh my god you you really insulted cassie how dare you you need to apologize to her you piece of shit jake that was so mean to Cassie that she is being excluded from these important conversations about what to do and how to fight this war. And definitely very mean to Cassie and definitely not at all mean to the very, very many disabled kids who you also have on this team, but also were not involved in the meeting. <laughs> Man, we just was- need James, the one who can walk again. Like, remember how excited I was for these these kids to be part of the crew? Yeah. Um, spoiler alert, this is their last book. <laughs> I don't know. There may be some Elemis shenanigans. To mm, bring we'll back see. Disintegrated <laughs> children. We'll see. Um, <laughs> Jake's like, well, ain't nothing I can do about it now. Can't can't take it back. You can't say, oops, sorry, I forgot. Cassie, you come too. Like, that's it's too late. <laughs> So Jake's re- kind of reveals part of his plan. So he says, you know, we're going to we need to create a diversion. Um but Visser 1 is going to un- is going to know that we're using the diversion as cover for an, an attack on his ship. Um so when when we do the diversion, the trick here, the prestige is going to be we're already on the pool ship. Yo. Ooh. <laughs> Um, so they have to be on the pool ship. Axe has to do his little Andalite magic to hack into the ship in order to, like, break the access codes. But the access codes are changing every hour, so they have a very limited window of time to do this. So it's all hands on deck. Every single Animorph. Wonderful. The next thing we find out is, so he sends, um, is it Tobias? He sends Tobias out on a reconnaissance mission to be like, okay, there was a weird pillar of smoke we saw, by the way, at the beginning of this book when we were when we were first looking at the the Yerk pool coming down. Um, the big boy. Can you go find out what that pillar of smoke was? And they report back, oh, by the way, they're building a new Yerk pool. Um, and it's not a cave, it's not underground, like the last one was. It's just right fucking there, like a big old man made lake. Taxons are all over the place, because we know they dig real good and they're nasty. Um Okay. I get that they're like, this would be so bad to have this Yerk pool on the planet. But also, guys, it's a big open air Yerk pool. I'm sure there'd be like planes guarding it or whatever. Mm -hmm. But just fly up higher than they can shoot and drop some fucking oatmeal in that bitch. No problem. We already know. Oatmeal. We already know. Oh my god. This would be so easy to defeat. What a callback that would have been if we had just gone with the Quaker <laughs> Oats. Was, if that was the answer. Oh my god. The answer was right there all along. And the whole time it was oatmeal. It was oatmeal. 
Because that was the whole thing. Like, every time they've had to target the Yerk pole, it's been like, oh, we can't because it's under the cave. And it's like, well, now it's not. Now you can just just turn into giant birds and drop oatmeal packets down. Just drop the packets of oatmeal. Just just do it. It would be so easy. Just imagine all the times when they've, like, confronted Visser 3 and they could have just had oatmeal in their pockets this whole time. Could have just, yeah, like pocket pockets, (laughs) Pocket mm -hmm. meal. Pocket ground oats. (laughs) Just throw it in his eyes. (laughs) Throw it in his ears. I don't don't know if that would... Oh, wait, no, it wouldn't work for Visser 3 minus 2 because he has no mouth. He'd have to step on them. They'd have to throw it under his feet. Yeah, there we go. there. Even better. He wouldn't so even have to have the ground oats. <laughs> he would do that for you. You could just send Toby in and be like, hey, I'm one of the blue band orc vizier, which is a thing that exists. And <laughs> it's very crucial books. to the whole plot and now. Very crucial. And um, here I brought you a special treat that Andalites like, I heard. <laughs> Step on it. Surprise. Oops. Um. Jake has also asked Marco to like go find the Chi because the Chi's house, Eric Eric King's house, was destroyed in the blast. But they're like, oh, all the Chi live underground. It's okay. Don't need to worry about it. They can't get in contact though because there's no way for them to enter this like no man's zone situation um, without being seen. Though they end up doing it later, so I mean, there was a way. Whatever, it doesn't matter. It just wasn't wasn't that important right now. So Jake wasn't like, "Bring me the cheese." Bring me the cheese. It's kind of like, yeah, if you find them. <laughs> um. So then Jake is like, "Okay, I need to talk to whoever is in charge of the United States military, uh, working against the Yerks. Like, I know there's someone in charge. Axe, do your hacking. Find out who's in charge." Marco, look over his shoulder, as I'm sure that's all you ever do in this situation. They they find out it's this dude named General Doubleday who has a uh, alien task force one um, and they're hiding in the mountains like 40 miles away or something. This felt like to me watching a TV show where they do a crossover episode yes. with a TV show that you don't watch. Yes. And I was like, is this something? Is General <laughs> Doubleday somebody? Is he like in another one of anim- or of uh, Applegate series or something? I don't know. Probably not. But it felt that way, right? <laughs> it did feel kind of jarring because it's like, I mean, we did have the Marco book where we talked to the governor, but yeah, but it was like, it felt like he was cool yeah. in a way that the governor wasn't necessary. Like the governor was cool because it was like, oh, a lady governor, how cool, mm-hmm. which unpack that. But I don't know. I felt like this was like, like they're like oh it's the atf the alien task force like it felt like they were referencing a thing but i don't think they were it was just weird Mm. i yeah i get what you mean it was this guy was way more important than like a like a background character entering this late in the series should be and also really didn't matter at all to the plot not at all at all (laughs) we got really got spent a lot of time with this man for not a lot of payoff um (laughs) he also was not the answer no he wasn't Jake goes to him and like demorphs in front of him and like there's some there's some like haha shenanigans where Jake keeps getting like thrown into a hold but he keeps just morphing and getting out and like being like no general listen to me this time the general finally does but there's some like controllers there who are trying to kill Jake and Jake is like ha see you've got Yerks here under your command so what you need to do is tie up all your men for three days (laughs) 
and and starve the Yerks in their brains. Um, and that way you'll know you have a good, decent army that can then just go and die as part of my master plan. Because <laughs> I am now Darth Jake. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I was a, a general of the alien task force one i would definitely agree with this child yes the 16 year old who can turn into a cockroach (laughs) oh yeah but i guess the others are there too i don't know they do there's like a little bit of a fight here it doesn't matter like we said none of this is like super important um so then they're like okay so now we've got we've got someone to help with our diversion now what are we going to do about the new yerk pool because we should probably destroy that too and cassie of all people is like hey can't worry about the hole you got to destroy the digging equipment and jake is like but the equipment is the taxons and then she like cassie doesn't say anything but marco's like shit <laughs> damn cassie so then they go make up a plan to murder all the taxons Jake went Look, hard this book. I can't. There was so much genocide in this book. Truly. Attempted genocide, possibly did a genocide. There's it's it's brutal. It is. <laughs> it's just nonstop. Like and being in Jake's mind and like watching him rationalize like the things that need to get done, deciding who like which of the animorphs is gonna go and do what. And ultimately, like, sending Rachel on what he believes is going to be a suicide mission is just, like, was so brutal. I loved it. I loved mm. it. This was the book series I wanted the whole time instead of yes. Alien Toilet and the racehorses and whatever. It was, that was the same fucking book. Damn. Did we get some of that? Yes. Sure. But it was so good here. It was so good. And so pure. And I was like, man, it, it kind of made me sad because I was like, imagine what we could have gotten if Applegate was just allowed to write the series at their own pace. And yeah. like, I, I'm not saying like, you know, I don't think there was any, nothing that I've read or heard has pointed to there being any like ill will between Scholastic and Applegate or anything like that. But I mean, like just the, the breakneck sort of like pace that they're breakneck yeah. pace that the series required because it was published in such a way where it's you know you need a book out like basically every every other month every month something like that Mm -hmm. um like that's got to take a toll on you and I feel like the fact that she was given this break where all the ghostwriters were doing most of the like heavy lifting you know she's still doing plotting and stuff but doesn't have to sit down and write the books like this sort of and I mean, like we saw kind of glimpses of this early in the series, right? Where I feel like mm-hmm. I feel like she just got burnt out, like by you know the time that yeah. the ghostwriters took over. Because it wasn't until booked like twenty three or twenty four or something. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that's a lot of books to be responsible for in the span of like two years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Even though, even if they are, you know, a bit shorter, it's like yeah. you still have to have a you know three act structure here, beginning, middle, end. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'll get all the plot points and whatever i could hardly write like two papers a semester in college that was like five to seven pages like <laughs> i just i would be interested to see like the alternate universe in which animorphs was a series that was like written at a normal publishing phase i guess like it's kind of how i'm yeah. thinking of it because i feel like now like even kids lit is is a lot more forgiving of like authors taking not even like I, I feel like I'm being so generous because it's like authors still have deadlines and they still like get pressure to churn out books. 
But not at this pace, I don't feel like. Yeah, I, I feel like this feel is like such have... a 90s thing. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think we have these series anymore, like this Babysitter's Club, Boxcar Children, where it was just mm-hmm. so many books being sold. Mm-hmm. And I, I know you still, we still have like the Diary of a Wimpy Kid series and like stuff like that, that there's still many books in the series, but it's not to this extent. Like how long has Diary of a Wimpy Kid been around? That's ages. Uh, let me, here, let's look it up real quick. Let's see. They've got 16 books in the series. They've been publishing since 2007. And yeah. it looks like at most they've got two books a year. Yeah. So it's just like really so. different pace, which like, I mean, good for authors. Like, so glad you're not going to have like that stressful crunch situation. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, what a weird like. I don't what know where was the cut publishing. Off? I didn't. Yeah. yeah, I I feel like it was. I maybe this is giving this too much credit, but I feel like it was Harry Potter, right? With mm. kind of like early two thousands where that started becoming yeah. popular, and that was kind of like, oh, kids do like reading longer books, and they will wait for them. Yeah, because yeah. I remember. I mean, even like I remember reading um, Tamora Pierce growing up, who had been publishing like through the eighties, nineties. I think I might have even talked about this before. Like, and there is a change in length of books from like the books that she was writing in nineteen ninety, and then which were you know like all not as short as Animorphs, but you know like two hundred, maybe three hundred pages at the longest, and then like post two thousand all of her books started being significantly longer, like Harry Potter length yeah. books. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, like that's kind of the the vibe in general of like publishing in that time period. You see all these kind of like very short books because kids don't have, you know, the attention span or whatever. Um, and then it was kind of like this one thing that proved, oh no, like they will read longer <laughs> books. Kids are smarter than you think. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So I'd be, I'd be interested in an Animorphs series in a post Harry Potter uh publishing industry i think it would be like it would be 10 books max but they would all mm -hmm. be like 600 pages long yeah exactly exactly (laughs) and there would be like a three-year wait in between them at least and people would be like furious like when are they going to publish it would be a a song of fire and ice situation where it's just like we're never gonna get the ninth animorphs book guys (laughs) the tv show is gonna catch up (laughs) So, you know, maybe there are some good things about this publishing stuff. Oh, my God. Can you imagine the fandom wars if Animorphs was what we just said it was? Can you imagine? Oh, my God. I would throw down. I would throw down on my shipping preferences. I would. Like, Jake and Cassie, garbage. No. If you're Team Cargo, Mm -hmm. get out of my social media space forever. Blocking you. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Anyway, speaking of speaking of Jake and Cassie, well, that's coming up a little bit. Um, so they go to the year pool, um, and basically, I think they call up James and some of the others, and they just start like killing, murdering taxons. Um, and I think we lose we lose one of the like auxiliary animorphs, which is what we call James's crew. Um, mm-hmm. One of them dies, a little boy named Ray. Um, and Jake starts to call the retreat, but then as they are, as they are leaving, Jake falls, like the, the taxons create this massive sinkhole in the middle of the year pool and Jake falls down. And like his last thought out to the other Animorphs is Marco, get everyone back to camp no matter what. Don't wait for me. So the Animorphs all believe Jake is dead. However, Jake is underground. Nice. In these nasty taxon tunnels. Oh, my God, you guys. I 
about screamed. I truly, the only thing that kept me from screaming was that I was on break at work. I could not, <laughs> could not explain this. I stopped reading and I turned to Michael and I was like, the reveal this book just did? Mm. 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 <laughs> so, okay. So Jake, Jake falls into the tunnels, the taxons. He is confronted by a taxon who speaks to him mind to mind weird because taxons don't do that um guys do you remember do you remember a little book all the way back months and months ago called the andalite chronicles y'all remember in that book how we were on the taxon planet and little elfangor had a real good friend they are both erith's erith's um on that planet together and how elfangor was the only one to make it off the planet because arbron morphed into a taxon and uh stayed that way homeboy's still alive guys (laughs) guys he's still alive he's still alive and he's leading a tax on rebellion this reveal you guys oh my god it watered my crops it fixed my skin my skin is so clear my skin is so clear my crops are watered arbron is here oh my god arbron is here and he's teaching the taxons not to be hungry the number of times oh we have theorized about this book series and written the taxons off because they are like nasty the garbage because they're nasty oh garbage bugs they're so gross but just like jake we had to learn had to that there's nothing bu- wrong with being a bug we have to accept being a bug well you don't because what they really want is to become nothliths where they are no longer taxons <laughs> they really don't want to be bugs anymore so it's revealed that yerks like most of the taxons are not yerked because they've just been promised by the yerks food which they've been provided they are insatiably hunger hungry only no hunger um but since the yerks have taken control of the morphing cube the taxons have seen that there is another way out but the yerks the taxons are, are like turn us into something less hungry please. and the yerks <laughs> say no we're not gonna allow you to morph because we know what's gonna happen is we're gonna lose our tunnel snakes we want tunnel snakes. We need tunnel snakes. Nasty, How many times do I have cannibalistic to tunnel snakes. And um, the taxons are fed up. And they're like, hey, Jake, we'll fight with you. You have all us taxons. We're willing to go with you, Jake the Animorph, if if you promise us we can all become nothlet, nothlets, whatever that fucking word is, after all this is said and done. We just want to morph. We want to become an animal on earth that's real chill find us the chillest us animal the you chillest have. animal that has very similar body structure to us we will be so happy forever and jake's like but arbron you can never morph again because you're a nothlet and he's like yeah i know i'm just gonna fucking die when this is all over <laughs> okay 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 arbron um <laughs> so it's been a rough road for arbron yeah yeah he's having a bad day Jake goes back to camp and everyone's been like sobbing and crying because they all think Jake is dead. He's not dead. Um, and he's like, yo, here's what I just found out. And I was like, oh, my God. Me too. Um, then <laughs> the, so Jake, like, he tells them, like, this is what the taxons want. And Axe is like, well, the Andalites will never allow that to be. And Jake's like, well, we need to convince them. And then Cassie's like, Axe, you need to tell them about your betrayal now because they've already know about mine. I need the blame shifted onto somebody else for a while. And Axe is like, all right, 
fine. I'll let you know. I've been in contact with Andalite High Command. Have been for a while. Um, They wanted me to stop you guys from blowing up the Yerk pool because their master plan is have Yerks infest Earth. We blow up Earth. No more Yerks. The Andalites would also very much like to do a genocide, like you guys were planning to do the mm-hmm. taxons, but um, mm-hmm. I guess we've decided that that was a no good. Yeah, well, you can do like one genocide, really... but you can't do four because it would be yeah, humans, yurks, taxons, and Horkbashir, mm. and also all other animals on Earth. That's but, true. That's you know, a lot. That's a lot of Hamalites, Chi, the God Whales. Oh There's God, a lot of a like. Lot. Yeah of stuff here <laughs> those those fucking mermaids or whatever the fuck that are in atlantis yes Remember oh my those god guys? the teenage mutant ninja turtle people whatever um, the kangaroos <laughs> so many so many so many fucking things everyone's pissed off at axe um i think they're mostly mad because they're now realizing the andalites are not their allies like they thought they were like they've been waiting forever for the andalites to come help them only to realize the Andalites are, like, nearby and they're like, mm, nah, we're not going to help. Like, we actually actively want the humans to lose. That would be best for us. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Jake's like, okay, wow, really need to, really need to amp up my, my Darth Jake personality here. Um, hey, Cassie, I can't think of animals. You know animals. What animal can I give these, these slithery, like, tube-like creatures that like to eat like what is there anything on our planet that looks like that this is a hundred percent like when a child is having like a tantrum or like is tired and you're like out doing an activity and you like try to give them something to interest them and like make them feel like part of the team like hey why don't you pick which aisle we go down next at the grocery store yes yes essentially (laughs) like you're trying to provide this choice so that they feel like they have control of the situation (laughs) it's like it's like we're still gonna be at the grocery store (laughs) cassie's like "Mm." Well, centipede? No, that would fucking suck. Um, I guess there's always an anaconda. Yes, there are lots of snakes they could all become. But yeah, anaconda is a good one. It's a big one. Um, the selling point for the anacondas is it like eats once a week or something. So like, mm. they're super chill. And it's big. It's a big yes, boy. It's a big snake. Very laid back. Never hungry except for that time it needs to eat once a week or whatever. Um, yeah. which is essentially never for a taxon who's always hungry. Great. Jake and Cassie go to the garden, which, like, this made me super sad because, like, there's still, like, this graveyard crew of people, like, trying to help the animals, but everything is, like, dirty and the animals are sad and hungry, whatever. Cassie and Jake sneak in. They touch some anacondas. And Jake is like, hey, when this is all over with, should we get married? And Cassie's like, "Mm, I don't know. (laughs) This is classic. Some girl touches the anaconda and (laughs) guy's like, baby, let's get married. Let's get married. She's like, "Mm." Cassie, like, very um, logically is like, hey, and after this war is over, like, let's wait a year. And if you still love me a year after this war is over, then we'll get married at the ripe old age of 17. Because, like, I I just don't know, like, what you were going to do after this war. It seems to me like you're leaning a little bit more Rachel, who we all know is going to, like, self-combust after this war is over with nothing to do, (laughs) nothing to channel her rage and... Amazonian warrior abilities toward. Also, the way she phrases it is like a little mean. And this might be me being sensitive Mm -hmm. because like I have also had uh, 
potential relationships not work out because of, you know, like job and like, you know, where I'm at in my life and things like that. And, um, the way she phrases it is like, I'm going to be a doctor. What are you going to do? Yes. Oh my God. It's so fucking rude. And Jake's like, like, damn Cassie. I don't know. Just like live my life for a while. Jesus Christ. I just led this entire army of six teenagers. <laughs> Excuse me if I want to take a gap year. Like, Fuck Christ, me, I Cassie. guess. So at that point, I would Jake as Jake, I would have walked away and be like, yo, Axe. <laughs> <laughs> what's up um <laughs> marco you can have her um but yeah jake's like no that's cool i love that and i love you and they make out a little bit in front of the anacondas um so then jake is like okay gotta go to the taxons got to um show them show off this cool new morph um and I, and the others are there with him too i think they're, they're like fleas on his body and he does like these series of like big and small morphs to show off all the morphs and then he like does the anaconda and all the text was like ooh ah perfect we love that i do have the question though yes if this plan goes as planned and the taxons just become probably mainly anacondas how is that gonna work in terms of like I think they're just going to like ecosystem. Yeah, no, it's going to be fucked is the thing. Because they say they're like, because Cassie picks also, that's another thing. Cassie picks anacondas because they're like native to the rainforest or whatever. And if they make this treaty, basically, that's like, yeah, yeah, it's like, oh, we're going to put the taxons there and then nobody will be able to destroy the rainforest, which idealistic, but okay. Um, But like they're throwing like 2000 new snakes, like giant snakes. And they're. And they're all going to have, like, maybe the same five DNA if you get, like, five anacondas yes. for them to morph. Like, so it's just going to be real inbred yes. for a while with those anacondas, It's going to be huh? Snake City. <laughs> it's it's, it's going to be a real genetic disaster. Anaconda it's don't like a couple want anaconda generations. <laughs> it's not going to be good. No, it's, yeah. Cassie is thinking... Like one step ahead, but not like mm-hmm. the necessary two or three to fully realize plan. I feel this like plan. what would actually need to happen would be like they would turn into an animal and have to have like a human sponsor or whatever. <sighs> like they'd have to join a human family. So yeah. basically everybody would have to own a snake. These snakes I need to have is- jobs. <laughs> <laughs> not even they need to have jobs, but you can't just put them in the rainforest. That's true. That- I feel you like- would destroy the rainforest. All of the monkeys would get eaten. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. Because here's the thing is like taxon, they're going to take a while to like get used to not being hungry. But like they're yes. going to do a lot of overeating. They're not going to mm-hmm. be used to being snakes. So like they're going to be like stepping into other people's territories. Yeah. No, I think I think a better plan would be to get several different species of snakes yes. from several many different places around the world. Um, You know maybe there's there's australia there's asia africa doesn't all have to be the amazonian the amazon rainforest i also though would love if the taxons just became snakes but then because they like because once you acquire morphing powers you acquire the ability to thought speech whatever species you are right Mm -hmm. and then you keep that even if you become an othlet Mm -hmm. so like i would really love if just in this post anamorphs world there's just a bunch of snakes that like Psychic go to classes, snakes. <laughs> just like like go places and do things, and are like, "What's up? I'm a snake, and I'm here to learn." So, like, so this book, this book came out in 2001. So imagine 20 years mm-hmm. later in 2021, almost 22 years later, um, you're at a restaurant, 
and you're just hanging out at this restaurant. You're sitting out outside on the patio, and then like at the booth next to you, it's just a bunch of fucking snakes, <laughs> <laughs> and they're just having a good time enjoying their brunch. Uh, talking, gossiping about the latest snake activities. They'd be doing thought speech, so yeah. you couldn't overhear them. If, unless they were, like, really bold snakes. Like, you know, Visser One mm. is always shouting out in thought speech. He's That's never, true. He's That's never true. He's never figured it. out thought yeah. whispers. Just, like, wild. Absolutely wild. <laughs> I want the snake really, future. Really a utopia. And they all were wearing, like, cute little, yes. like, yes. bow yes. ties and, like... Little Peter Pan collars yeah, attached yeah, to Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Tube dresses and stuff. Oh, I love this. I love Snaketopia. All right. No, this is a good idea. This is a good plan. Um, <laughs> Jake is showing off the anaconda and all the taxons like, ooh, yay, we want that. Yes. And then who shows up but Brother Tom. Here comes Tom. <gasps> Another huge twist. Another huge twist. Tom is there alone, unarmed. Um, it's not Tom. It's Tom Zierk. Um, and he's like, hello, brother Jake. I too hate the Yerk empire. I also hate Visser one. He will not promote me. It is very frustrating. I am clearly the brains of this operation holding everything together. I'm like the security chief or whatever, but no, I'm not even a sub visitor. Like the fuck is this? So I have decided, um, to help you destroy Visser one. I can get you on the pool ship. Um, I have changed the codes so that they change every 15 minutes instead of every hour. Cause I know how long it's going to take your little Andalite friend to hack into our computers. Um, but I'll give you the codes. I'll get you on the ship. It'll be, I'll, it'll be cool. The only thing I want in return is me, a hundred of my best friends, the morphing cube and blade ship. We're going to fuck off into space and make war elsewhere. Never bother humans again. Sound good? I Love this journey for Tom's Yerk. Yeah. Where he comes to Jake and is like, hey, what's up? Visser One is trying to enslave your entire people? Well, he won't give me a promotion. We're basically the same. <laughs> we both hate him equally. We equally have beef with Visser One. <laughs> like, yeah. do you, bud? Yeah. Do you? Um, and I would argue also that Jake has personal beef with you more so than any yes. other Yerk. <laughs> but whatever. What do I know? Jake agrees to this plan. But he's like, I know Tom's lying. I know that piece of shit is lying because, like, why would he? He hates us, too. He hates the Bandalites as much as he hates Visser One. He will try to kill us both. We'll be in the same place at the same time. He will try to kill us both. He's like, if the thing that Tom's Yurik hates so much is not getting a promotion, we are equally at fault for his yes. lack of promotion as Mr. Wallace. Also, <laughs> yeah, also guilty. Um, <laughs> but Cassie is like, oh, we cannot let him have the morphing cube and, and a blade ship for him to make war on other species. And Jake's like, no, 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 that's not the problem, Cassie. The problem is that we are also going to die if we do the thing Tom wants us to do. <laughs> so don't worry about that. Don't worry. Jake makes a plan uh, to to betray Tom, I guess. But in the classic heist novel situation, we don't figure out what that plan is. We just see it unfold. Um, we do see, like, we get a scene where they're all flying back home from the taxon tunnels. And he's like, Marco, I need you to contact the Chi. No matter what, you just need to do it. You need the Chi. Um, everyone else, I forget what your plans are, but they're all equally important. And, and you need to go do them right now. And... He leaves himself alone with Rachel, and all we get at this point in the book is Rachel agreeing to do something 
that is pretty terrible because Jake is like had to wait until everyone else was gone to ask Rachel to do it and he knew Rachel was the only one capable of doing it so which means it's probably Rachel's gonna kill somebody and you know you can kind of guess oh it's Tom because that's exactly who we were talking about two seconds ago um and Rachel's like are you sure Jake like know this about me if you ask me to do this I'll fucking do it but I want you to be sure Jake is like yeah I'm sure I want you to do it but I just need you to know that I don't have a plan to get you out and Rachel's like that's how I like it and then she flies off to not be seen until the end of the book Rachel, let's say theoretically I needed you to murder someone. A theoretical someone. I'll do it. I don't care who it is. Let's call him Bomb Terrenson. Oh, okay. Already sounds awful. Sure, yeah, I'll kill him. What the fuck did he do? <laughs> Rachel won't care. <laughs> Rachel will cut a bitch's throat. <laughs> she, yeah, she needs the outlet. She's like she becoming needs. a little bit like dexter you know like like that that we literally made that comparison in the last episode oh fuck yeah no it's still true then <laughs> it's still we true saw her, I, I said she wasn't dexter and now we've decided she is yeah no she yeah she is she's here to take out the trash put it in a black pla- black plastic bag and dump it into the nearest body of water mm-hmm. wonderful um marco's able to contact the chi um, there is some, he's like mad because he's like I almost died like three times but here's your fucking chi and he like kind of like throws Eric at Jake and Jake is like all right Eric I know that your programming doesn't allow you to help us do any violence whatsoever but here's the thing and then Jake is like Axe bring him out and Axe has captured Chapman as his hostage and Jake is like Eric if you don't help us hack into the year pool ship the big boy pool ship we're gonna start fucking murdering people so the call is yours <laughs> i feel like this shouldn't work <laughs> and eric like gets so mad that he starts yelling and cursing out jake in like ancient mesopotamium or something um <laughs> this shouldn't this seems no like <laughs> yeah yeah i think the violence, because Jake is, like, trying to weigh the scales, right? He's like, okay, your mm-hmm. inactivity will create bloodshed. Um, but also, not helping us will still create bloodshed. He's, like, created a paradox where I feel like Eric should have shorted out and then been, like, done. You know how robots do that? Very mm-hmm, funny, mm-hmm. cartoonish way. Yeah, because it's like, how much can they be responsible for, right? Like, yeah. it's like, if we go with the like oh you didn't do anything and so it created bloodshed and blah 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 it's like well everything had a butterfly effect baby like what are we you can't predict so i don't think it's fair to the chi to be like you have to be nonviolent in such a way that uh whatever action you take leads to the least bloodshed and that has never seemed to be the case before it was just like they couldn't participate in punching yeah and or like helping with punching yeah, it's, like, so vague now. Like, there are limitations. It's just, like, if violence happens from whatever thing I, like, my body just, like, ceases to function. If I, like, I don't yeah. know. Like, at what point is this personal personal choice on Eric's behalf? I understand he's an AI. So, like, whatever. Whatever you want to say about that. But 
Um, at what point is it just like Eric making a personal choice of being like, eh, my programming probably won't allow that to like Eric sitting there and being like, okay, let me try and hack this computer. Oh, fuck. I can't even move my fingers because this goes against my programming. Like he didn't even try. But then if it was like, oh, this is my, it goes against my programming. I can't move my fingers. And someone was like, what if I threatened to shoot somebody else if you don't do it? Oh, now my fingers work. Like that doesn't, it doesn't. Yeah. The thing that he's doing is still equally violent, right? Mm -hmm. Like whether it's just because that's never been the rule has never been like whatever creates the least amount of violence. Yeah. It's it's like, like any violence. And I don't, I, I disagree with the, the, Oh, doing stuff like hacking, which is helping in the war effort is inherently violent, but doing stuff like passing on messages isn't like, right? because the messages they passed along are things that the, the Andalites would go and beat people up over. So none of it makes sense. I think the more effective thing would have been if Jake had a dog. <laughs> If Jake said, Axe, go get like 30 dogs. Oh. If they get 30 dogs and threaten the the chi with dogs and post to Chapman, no one gives a shit about it at this point in the story. Like, not even Visser One gives a shit about Chapman anymore. I thought you were pitching an alternate alternate view of an alternate version of Animorphs Uh in which the chi just were dogs, but like dogs who could hack computers. Now, that would be cool. Imagine. would they be robot dogs or normal dogs? No, I'm saying like like in this because you said what if Jake just had a dog? Oh yeah, what like, if Jake just had a dog? Like, which he does have a dog. We haven't. Homer, you know, that dog's probably dead at this yeah, point. Yeah, I was like, but where is Homer? Did he also? Get almost yerked? certainly dead. Oh. Uh, he can't because they can't yerk dogs. Oh man, but, yeah. Rough. So sad. They can yerk horses, Rough. but not dogs. <laughs> Wolf. <laughs> uh, so. The Andalites then, or the Bandalites, the Animorphs, they pretend to go along with Tom's plan. So part one of this plan um, involves Eric disguising himself as Cassie um, and then letting Tom beat Cassie up to make to make her capture seem legitimate. Like Tom goes to Visser 1 and he's like, hey, I, I found an Andalite and tried to beat her up. Um, sorry, an Animorph and tried to beat her up, but she didn't give up any information. So I brought her here. Um. Tom doesn't know that Eric is Cassie, though. He thinks Cassie is Cassie, and he was taking great joy out of beating up Cassie, which... We also woof. don't know that Eric is Cassie for the first little bit. Yeah, we think it's and real Cassie. Very silent, it's just quiet Cassie. presented that Cassie's gotten the absolute shit kicked out of her. Yes. Um, and they get through they get through year security. So remember, you, they have, like, those DNA scanner thingies um, that will, like, basically destroy any any being that's not on its, like, approved list of dna so we have that um but we also have like a new scanner thing that they just like it's like a little stick and they're like "Mm, there's three living forms in here living living beings in here Uh, i don't know they it doesn't matter they get past security um and tom brings brings cassie to visser one and visser one is like cool this is too convenient i don't like it I don't like, I don't like you being able to capture this girl. I don't like this diversion thing that's suddenly going on out there. Like, all this is just too, like my, this is, this was too easy. And me, Visser One, the idiot, I know this could not be an easy victory for me because I am dumb. Um, And Tom is like, ah, well, to prove that I am being truthful, let's have a tax on eat it. (laughs) Let's have a tax on eat the Andalite. 
I didn't follow Tom's logic here. I guess I guess Visser One was like worried that everyone had morphed fleas and was like on yes. Cassie, which like yeah. And they they had brought a taxon who was secretly Tobias and taxon. Yeah, see, it got had, it's so conv- I don't know how they got all these people into this base. It was so convoluted. The taxon <laughs> got on there because the Hork Bajir were Toby's Hork. Yeah, Hork-Bajir. the Hork Bajir were Toby's Hork Bajir, which like, and they showed up and were like, "Here's this taxon." And Tom's like, "Ah, yes, the taxon who I also like know is a traitor, and he's gonna give us more info." Um, cool, great. And then he was like, oh, eat Cassie. That's right. Yes, because he's like, the taxon is probably an anamorph. The girl is, the girl probably has other anamorphs on her. So one taxon, eat the anamorph. That will, that will prove that neither of them, well, one of them will be dead and the other is on anamorph. So, and at this point, like Tom had already said the whole like, oh, give me the blade ship. Yes. Um, and so Visser, like he gotten what he wanted basically. Because if if Visser One bought all of this, the plan then was for Visser One was to give Tom the blade ship. Well, Visser One kept the pool ship and did blasting from the pool ship. So Tom was like, cool, as long as he buys this, I'll have access to the blade ship. I don't care if Cassie gets eaten. That's aces for me. And Tom thought that the Animorphs, the other Animorphs were fleas on Cassie, but they were actually fleas on Eric. Uh, Who's no, they were force on field. Oh, I thought they were on Tobias for some reason, but no, yeah. you're right. They were on the Eric, but he had a force field. Yeah, yeah. So, yes. Tobias pretends to eat Cassie. Eric creates an illusion of Cassie being eaten by a taxon. <laughs> Visser one's like, ah, oh, success. Yes, I believe you, Tom. Take your blade ship. And Tom's like, ha, 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 my plan worked. All the Animorphs are dead. And he goes off with the blade ship. Um, great. Good for them. Um, however, the Animorphs, like, all demorph, and then they are on the blade ship, and they're all, like, sneaking around on it, whatever. Um, but then as Tom leaves... No, we, they're on the pool ship. They're on the pool ship. You're right. I'm sorry. There's yeah. so many ships. They're on the pool There's ship. Two, they're, yes. Yes. They're all fine. <laughs> except Rachel, who we get, like, one... Yes, the whole time, everyone's been like, I can't believe Rachel isn't here. Where's Rachel? Where the fuck is Rachel? But no one is, like, so concerned about it that they're really hardcore questioning it they're just like i can't believe rachel isn't here right now the fuck and jake's like she's doing her job don't worry about it yeah yeah don't worry about it we get as tom walks away we get like rachel's private thought speech to jake and it's like fading away like oh don't worry boss i got this shit (laughs) anyway the this battle begins on the ground so we have the human forces that are all like known to not be yerks um general double day and whatever they all begin fighting and shooting at the pool ship obviously it's like human weapons versus dragon beam so it's not really doing a ton of damage the um auxiliary animorphs are down there um all morphed into different battle morphs to try and trick this or one into thinking like that's the rest of the animorphs um they all die <laughs> literally all literally of them. all of them we get this scene where, like, Visser 1 basically, like, because he thinks they are the real Animorphs, he, like, takes great pleasure into, like, getting a precision beam and basically sniping all of these Animorphs one by one. Um, and and Jake has to sit there and listen to it. Yes. He can't, can't do, do anything, anything about it. Because the time is, timing is not right, whatever. And it was one of the darkest moments in this book series, I felt. Absolutely. Because we don't even get like, which I'm, I don't want description of it. Really, I don't. But we all we get is like this very clinical like, all right, Vista, I think that's the last of them. Like, got them all. 
Mm-hmm. And then that's it. And then we don't, we don't get a send off. Like the last thing that Jake had said to James, cause James was like, I don't like some of these little, like some of the younger ones are feeling a little hesitant to fight because we all saw Ray die. And that was very traumatic. And Jake was like, I don't fucking care. You're an animorph and you're going to fucking show up to create this diversion or else the whole planet is going to die. And James brought everybody with him and every single one of them died. Guys. Guys. Jake is a monster and I'm and here Jake for is it. Just, he's just compartmentalizing. He's like, can't, can't worry about it. Can't I made the it. decision. It's done. Fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> like, got to fight on the ship right now. Um... So they're basically waiting for Axe to and Eric to take control of the weapon systems on the on the pool ship. Um, so that way they can kind of like, well, they were supposed to do it before the auxiliary animorphs died, but they didn't quite get it in time. So all the auxiliary animorphs are dead. But I think they do prevent <laughs> I think they do prevent the pool ship from firing on um, General Doubleday, who's Double the one Day. we really care about. So cool, cool. I'm so glad Doubleday lived and James didn't. Um they're they're doing some fighting there's a lot of like that confusing action stuff going on here that like it's not super important to other than that they're all on the ship things are going awry um and then finally they get viscer one on the like the control bridge i think is what it's called i don't know yeah um which is by the pool because jake dumps the pool first yeah. Oh my Before God. Visser one shows up. Yeah. Yes. So in order to get Visser one to follow them, because Visser one is kind of fighting Toby's crew, and he doesn't want the Horpajir to die, obviously. So he decides to run to where the pool the pool is on the pool ship, and he just like they're in space at this point. I think he just flushes the entire pool and kills about seventeen thousand years. <laughs> Jake does a genocide. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. But it had to be done, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, so the Visser, the Visser follows them, and they're all on the bridge or whatever. Whatever the fuck the main area of a ship is called. Um, and Visser 1 is, like, looking out the window, and he's like, Ah, I see. Tom has betrayed me. He's going to kill us using the blade ship that we do see the blade ship is rising up and it's pointing its weapons at, at the pool ship. And Mr. One's like, and because of you guys shutting off the weapon systems, I can't even fucking fire back and kill Tom. And there's like two charges in the weapon system. Yes. And Jake's like trying to get him to fire them because he wants to disable the blade ship. Uh huh. But they miss the blade ship just dodges them both. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the blade ship fires on the pool ship, destroys its engines and Tom opens up communications and he's like, uh, hey, uh, I didn't tell you this earlier, Visser One, but the Andalite fleet's on its way to Earth and it's coming here to destroy you, which is kind of a reveal for us that one, Tom knows that and two, that they're I think closer. we already knew that because he told us, sorry, might be. Or is this the axe? No, because uh, he says in their first meeting that he's lied to Visser One and said that they're around Jupiter, but they actually aren't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we know that Tom We know they're knows closer that, than Jupiter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So basically the Andalites are like waiting for the signal um, to come knocking and killing. Um, and Tom sees Jake in his tiger morph and is like, the fuck, you're not dead. And he like gets really mad. 
and he orders everyone to fire. He orders the bridge, he orders the blade ship to fire on the pool ship's bridge to kill everybody. And then Jake is like, all right, Rachel, it's your time to shine, girl. And then the book ends. The book fucking ends there with Rachel having to kill Tom before Tom can destroy this pool ship. What? There's also a, a, a bit um, earlier where the other Animorphs realize what's happened in terms of where Rachel is. Yeah, and they're and all, like, like, pissed about it. They're furious. And Tobias is like, if you do not fucking save my girlfriend, my girlfriend. I am going to murder you. And Jake is like, you're going to do what, bird boy? Yeah. <laughs> and Jake is like, I'm the leader. I had to make this call. All y'all can fuck off. Ugh. So it powerful. so good. Jake really like finally being the leader that he's complained about having to be this entire book series mm-hmm. was like I'm the one that has to make the tough calls never having made a tough call this entire series finally doing it oh my god it's so satisfying um and to, and to just leave it there with Rachel and and I didn't read it but they always have like a preview of the next book mm-hmm. And it starts with Rachel's POV. I can't. Rachel POV. I didn't didn't read read the whole thing, but I did read the first like sentence, and I was like, Rachel, Rachel, my girl. (laughs) Which I assume means it's probably going to be split POV. Yeah. Because we know that the last Rachel POV has already happened. Yeah. Um. So I assume that the book is going to be everybody's POV. Which fucking brutal. Brutal. So let's get right into series theories real quick. Real quick. What do you think is going to happen? Is Rachel going to live or die? I swear to God, if Rachel dies, <laughs> she cannot. But but it would make sense in terms of everyone saying, like, Rachel, what's Rachel going to do after the war? Rachel can't survive after Rachel can't survive without war. Definitely. She's too she's beautiful. Going to be, yeah. Yeah. I think if she doesn't, like, she's going to do some sort of, like, sacrifice of herself, I think. Mm. I don't think it's, I think the killing of Tom will be not a big deal for her i think it's going to be something else where she's like it has to be me and she's gonna do it and oh and tobias is gonna lose his goddamn mind oh my god i feel like in regards to the rachel thing we're gonna get a fake out where it'll end with her pov and it'll seem like she's dead but then she's gonna actually survive i don't think oh my god that would be good i don't think rachel's gonna be the one to bite it because i think they've set it up too much for it to be rachel now and i'm like Nah, nah, it's gonna be someone else. Someone else is gonna bite it. Who? Who do you I don't know. We'll talk about that more in the Elmas Chronicles because that's why I think someone else is gonna bite it. (laughs) Oh my god. But yeah, other serious theories. I mean, we're so close to the end now. We're wrapping up. I don't think we're going to get our Avengers style team up we wished for. Because everyone's fucking dead. They all died or they hate Jake now. (laughs) Um, I am very here for this taxon betrayal reveal Oh situation. my God, so good. I'm loving this Tom situation. I like that Tom's kind of now the big bad over uh, Visser 1. I think that's way more narratively satisfying. Um, I wonder about those free free Yerks, or not free Yerks, but Yerk resistance, if yeah. that's ever going to come up. I feel like maybe we still might get that sort of like come together kumbaya ending of like the yerks who are not total shitheads being like hey we're not total shitheads please let us live um and maybe that'll happen but also like again they have done absolutely nothing to earn it at this point so what can you do yeah um but i just feel like we've already 
we've already done so many genocides. I can't imagine this series ending with like yeah. all of the Yerks being killed. Like I don't think that's how it's going to end. No, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I I'm wondering. There has to be some sort of like reckoning reckoning for the Andalites too, right? For being like yes, the absolute the people shit who heels. Caused, yes, yes. So like, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they have to like. They have to take the Yerks or something. I don't Ooh, know. Maybe. Maybe. That would be cool. Otherwise, they're just going to be like, oh, I can't believe you guys didn't listen to us and then fly away, which is very unsatisfying. Yeah. And especially because I feel, well, that's that's my insights from reading the Elemis Chronicles. So I'll talk about that mm. later next time. And we still have to see Elemist and Cryak pop up again and have their final, like, chess game in the sky or whatever. I hope we get that. I hope that there is some conclusion to that. It's not just a line at the end where the Elemis is like, right. I knew they could do it all along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so uh, who is your most valuable morph this week? I mean, is it's it gotta Jake? Be. It's got to be Jake. Jake? <laughs> Jake was the most valuable morph. Absolutely. Oh, Lord. He was so good. He was finally the villainous hero we've longed to see. Truly. This is this is Jake in his final evolution. It's so good. Um I know this is probably gonna like wreck him for years to come. If he survives mm-hmm. the final battle, he will be a, oh, shell he will be of a, a person broken for individual. A long time. <laughs> yes. Um but you know, in the moment, very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> super, super edgy. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah. This really just, I understand. This is this is a middle grade slash YA series. Um, I just, I wish, I wish this was like an adult series. I want to read an adult mm. Animorph series. Um, I know, I, and yes, I know there is adult fiction out there that is similar to this. I'm sure. Um. But I specifically want, like, the fan fiction adult version of this because the characters, I I know them all already, okay? (laughs) I feel like I don't need an adult version. I think just, like I said, I want a version of this where it can take its time more. Yeah, Which seems ridiculous to say about a 54-book series plus additionals, but, like where it doesn't have to be this episodic thing and it can focus on the overall story and the stuff that mm-hmm. was like good and beautiful about the series and not alien toilets. I know we're yeah, really hung those... up on the alien toilets thing, but like it was really tragic for us. It, it was like a low number 13. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, the, like the 30 something books and probably 40 something books in the middle that are just like sitcom style. Like everything mm-hmm. goes back to exactly the same as it was in the next book. You know, like I want there to be consequences to actions. I want like, yeah, if, if we had a longer series, imagine if we had like, say a six or seven book series where it's like each year of their life and the war really did take mm-hmm. that long. And we could see like the effects that these, that were, you know, everything was having on each of the characters. And I don't know. It's like the, the marriage proposal and Cassie's like, eventual like turning jake down for that would have been much more um emotional probably or like tobias blowing up at jake for putting rachel in harm's way you know just like things like this um much more emotional Mm. but it is what it is and it's good it's still good yeah (laughs) uh but you know just as an adult reading a series for a younger audience you can't help but be like okay but 
what if. <laughs> At least I can't. I don't know. I don't read a lot of middle grade is my thing. This is true. Also, I feel like was true of me in middle grade. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because <laughs> middle grade when we were younger was very like... I felt this. skewed a yeah skewed skewed a lot younger too like mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. babysitters clubs like those girls were thirteen years old and I don't know there were eleven year olds I think there in were that eleven club. year olds babysitting and it was all the very childish stuff going on yeah um yeah kids kids now have such like a wide variety of mm. books it's wonderful maybe I should get into middle grade I don't know <laughs> <laughs> um morbid moment. The whole book. I mean, Oof. definitely the auxiliary animorphs dying. Yeah. Uh, definitely. The, the, it's just like the thought of Arbron having to survive all these years. Yeah. As a taxon and having to overcome his hunger and teach other taxons to like, overcome their hunger. Like, that's fucking messed up. That's weird. That's not weird. That's just awful. Um. I, yeah, this whole book. I don't know. I'm going to shout out, because I agree. I think the auxiliary animorphs was the most upsetting moment in this book partially because it was just upsetting in universe but partially because I was like oh cool great we brought all those disabled characters in to have no screen time and then die great and then good die. Yep. um yep. but look. I also want to give a shout out to uh Jake confronting Tom's Yerk finally yeah I felt like oh my gosh the tension between them was so good there was so like tasty. so much um, like so many layers to it, right? Of yes. Tom's Yerk being mad at Jake and Jake being like, fuck you, you're my brother, you're not my brother, you look like my brother, Um, and kind of coming to the realization that he was going to have to kill Tom, right? Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Which, you know, he's he's come to that realization before, but this... But actually sending off the assassin to do it. Yeah, like... and like the conversations they had face-to-face was very... Uh, God tasty jake Mm. like coming to the slow realization like he knew from the moment that he left tom in that conversation the first time that he's like something's weird about this and i can't put my finger on it and then the slow like dawning of like oh this isn't my brother talking this is like the year and the year came right oh good stuff yes very good um boy what a book what a book what a book it's gonna be hard to not just read the final book but i'm gonna try to power through um i'm gonna read it while you're here visiting my house Yeah, you jerk (laughs) (laughs) next week we are gonna be back uh with our wrapping up our unit on mm paranormal romance with widdershins by jordan l hawk (laughs) I said all the other stuff already. I just got to edit it. Um, And the week after that, we are going to be back with not the final Animorphs book, but the final Animorphs Chronicle with the Elemis Chronicles. Long awaited. Oh, my God. I can't believe it. Can't believe it either. We're here. We're here. We made it. Oh, boy. And, uh, yeah, we've already read it at this point. It was good. It was good, guys. It was very good. Uh, (laughs) In the meantime, if you want to tweet at us about your, 
I don't know. At this point, don't send us theories. Send us like your favorite Animorphs moments of the past or your least yeah. favorite. Also, also topic or also humorous. Um, you can tweet at us, shuffleawarecast, or email us, shuffleawarecast at gmail.com. As always, thank you to Ben Cope for the use of our theme song. You can check out his YouTube channel in our show notes below. We are also on all of your favorite podcast aggregating platforms. So if you don't follow or subscribe to us on one of those, you definitely should. Um, otherwise, uh, everything I was thinking of was way too morbid to say to our listeners. Um, <laughs> just do it. It's good for you. If you use Apple Podcasts, we'd very much appreciate a five-star review. But if you don't, that's all right, because you are allowed to talk about us anywhere on the internet you would like. In the words of K.A. Applegate, my help, huh? You need my help? See the stars on my shoulder there, son? I'm a Major General, U.S. Army. You're a kid who can turn into a bug. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> At first glance, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is the situation. <laughs> I wanted to see when the Cassie proposal came in and if it's... It's not until the snake because it's when they're going to get the snake. So it's That's after right. they meet the taxons. That's yes. right. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Yes. So... Because <laughs> it's at a zoo because it's so romantic. <laughs> okay. They're so... literally out here proposing at like where they had their first date. And by date, I mean the time they went to go stroke a dolphin or whatever the fuck. Oh, God. God.